Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Uncommon Drive Podcast with Jeff Cross and Chad Ozie. Join us as we look at life, leadership, and legacy through the lens of sports officiating. Welcome to another episode of the Uncommon Drive Podcast. Before you do anything else, before you look out the windshield to see what (laughs) oncoming traffic is headed your way, Pull over to the side of the road, take your app out, and give us a five-star rating and a review. Yes. Maybe not that extreme, uh, but we appreciate that as you do that for us. My name is Chad Ozy. I am here, joined as always by Jeff Cross. How are you doing today, Jeff? I'm very well. Very well. I can actually speak on the podcast now about the 30-year anniversary, which I couldn't speak about it because I know that Gina watches the the uh, our watches listens to the podcast so i didn't want to give out any clues but anybody who knows me or follows me on social media the 30 year flash dance flash mob went off without a hitch and i can actually sleep without my phone being in my pocket now so she don't see all the lies and deception <laughs> i did over the last six weeks so <laughs> that's awesome for those of you that have had the chance to see some of the things posted on social media uh it was uh an awesome experience it looks like for everyone who was there Uh, i unfortunately did not get the opportunity to be there in person i like many of you was there in spirit and cheering on from afar Uh, but uh, when you just see the video and the pictures of the look on gina's face Mm -hmm. i would say everybody could tell it was a definite success here's what i'll say you know because a couple people had had mentioned either on social media or in, in person is you know, they enjoyed following along with the story. And if if anybody learns anything from anything today, I don't know if that makes sense, that phrase made sense, but everyone has a story. Absolutely. Everyone has a story. And the only way I can know your story is if you share it. We don't care. No, let me decide if your story's good or not. You just tell a story. 
And I, and if I don't like it, then I'll turn, I'll scroll to the next thing or whatever it might be. So I think we're, we're a little self-conscious of that. Like, oh, well, no one really wants to hear my story about, you know, whatever. My wife and I being married for 30 years. I'm just sharing a story. You don't have to click on it. You can keep scrolling if you like it. Everyone has a story, and I encourage everyone to share their stories, as many as they have. That's awesome. And, and Jeff, it actually leads us really well into kind of where we're going to go today. Um, we are looking today at how are you affecting others? Mm-hmm. Now, to set that up, because we know people will be listening to this podcast at lots of different points. Some people uh, tune in every single week as soon as these podcasts drop. Uh, other people, they are listening to these podcasts uh, maybe two, three months down the line. Uh, no telling when they may be hearing this. And so here's what I would like to look at today. Um, for for those of us that are in the moment, listening to these as they drop, we are approaching the very end of the college basketball uh, season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're moving into um, conference tournaments at lower levels. Uh, D1 conference tournaments will be starting in a week or so. Uh, we're moving towards uh, region tournaments uh, at the junior college level. We're then going to be moving into NCAA tournaments and NAIA tournaments, national tournaments uh, beyond that. And at the same time that's going on, all the spring sports are kicking off. You know, so baseball, softball have already been going for uh, for a few weeks. Uh, we have other spring sports, uh, track, field, uh, tennis, all sorts of, of other things that are are, are happening. And there are many of us that are at a transition point. In fact, all of us are at a transition point of some sort, but many of us are at a transition point between uh, maybe going from uh, basketball to baseball or basketball to softball. Uh, some of us are in the transition point of going from uh, having been in the off season to now being in a season, in a season right. you know, our, mm-hmm. our, our baseball umpires are, I've, I've heard guys over the last couple of weeks go, man, their muscles I just hadn't used in a while, <laughs> right. you know, and, and one of them even said to me, man, you're so lucky because you're coming straight off the basketball court, you know, into baseball, you probably won't be sore at all. I'm like, no, I will be just as sore because it's a different set of muscles. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be sore when I'm coaching baseball because now, you know, I'm raking now instead of mm-hmm. just running up and down the floor. It's just it's just a different deal. Yeah, it's a, it's a definite a definite difference. For some of our people, they're going to be moving from in season, you know, in in basketball season to uh to their training season or their off season. And so, you know, we we are all in a state a state of transition um at, at this time of year. Um you you asked a question of me that we've kind of used as the jumping off point for this particular discussion today. And that, that question is, how are you affecting others around you? And that really kind of came, I think, for you from kind of, you know, conversations in locker rooms and things like that. You know, help me understand just a little bit about what you were meaning by that question. How are you affecting others right now? Well, for me, it's, you know. As I sit in locker rooms over this past few weeks and people are hearing about, you're hearing about people getting postseason assignments or you're talking on the phone with others that are, you know, asking about postseason assignments or whatever that might be, it really made me reflect on, you know, what message are you sending with your words? If you're always upset because you were wanting three postseason games, not two, 
or, you know, are you ungrateful for the three that you got when typically you only get one? I want to know what you're doing to affect the people around you and what words are you saying? Because words are powerful. They're, they're, they're powerful when you say them and they're even more powerful when I'm saying it wrong. When I hear them, they're powerful. Mm-hmm. When I say them, they're 10 times more powerful. So if I'm complaining about the postseason I got or complaining about the postseason that Chad Ozzy got, mm-hmm. that's more powerful to me. That's going to affect me more. So I want to know what people are doing to affect others. How are you affecting others when it comes to these conversations? Um, and they, it's, it's difficult to just sit back and let it happen. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a great opportunity for us to learn more about each individual and who's just let them speak about their satisfaction, satisfaction or unsatisfaction of their upcoming postseason or lack of. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I don't think we have to limit this to postseason. I think this is. Um, this is a kind of conversation that's happening in baseball locker rooms right now and softball locker rooms right now, where at the beginning of the season, people are asking, Hey, where, where are you at this week? Mm-hmm. Where are you going to be next weekend? Yep. Right. Yep. And maybe you thought you were going to be at, you know, this D one weekend series and you didn't get as many of those as you'd mm-hmm. hoped to get. And now you're working a D two series or you're working a pair of D three double headers and uh, the the work's just the same, if not more, for less money, mm-hmm. you know. And so maybe you're you're disappointed. And I, I think for the most part, we we tend to go between the two sides of the pendulum. Either we're excited, or we're upset. Mm-hmm. There, there's not a lot in between, you know. I mean, very rarely does somebody go, "Yeah, this is where I thought I'd be." Yeah. Or oh, yeah, I'm okay with happens. this. I, I think <laughs> rare is not enough strong enough word. It never happens. You know. I mean. Yeah. You know, and I, I think it's the kind of thing where you could have three people on a crew. You know, basketball, we have three people on a crew all the time. Baseball, uh, you're either working on a two- or three-person crew most of the time. You know, some people in the big power conferences are working for. And if you if you go into that locker room and you were to present one scenario, you could have three very different experiences from all three people. You know, you could have let, let's let's take a conference tournament for for an example. You could walk into a, a conference tournament locker room this next weekend, and you could have one person that is thrilled to get to be working it. Mm-hmm. Right? They've never worked the conference tournament before. They're the U two on that game, and they could not be any more excited to work that game. You could have a second person that goes, yeah, you know what? Um, this is kind of what I I thought I was going to get. This is this is where I expected to be. This is where I planned to be. Man, I'm really glad it worked out this way. And you could have somebody else working that game who's actually upset they're working that game because they thought they should have been working in a bigger conference mm-hmm. or a better game or a one closer to home or whatever it was, (laughs) you know, and now within that same game, within that same tournament, you have three people with very, very different perspectives on what it's like to work that game. And as I heard you talking earlier, 
to me that that really hit me about how do we affect others? Because if I'm the person that's disappointed about working that game and I'm the first one to speak and say that to the one that's all excited about working that game. Well, I've done a couple things. <laughs> one, I, I may have just squelched their excitement, mm -hmm. you know, or I may have at least squelched their excitement about working it with me. <laughs> with you, right. <laughs> you know, um, I told Jeff earlier this year, uh, I, I do a very small amount of college basketball assigning. I have a couple of junior colleges that I assign for. Uh, one of them happens to be a place that Jeff assigned for in the past, and that kind of got passed on to me. And uh, we, there was a, a reschedule game, and it was a reschedule game on a night when most places weren't playing, right? And uh, so I had very craftily assigned myself to that game because I was <laughs> off and I could pick up an extra check, right? Had a, another guy who I enjoy working with and he works at the D2 level and is even on some D1 staffs and things like that. And then uh, we were looking for a third for that night and had had an original plan and it had kind of fallen through. And I told that person, I said, well, you know, my, my fallback plan mm. is to twist Jeff's arm and to come and work in that game with us. Because uh, I knew Jeff was off that night. I feel and, like I uh, tell you too much information. I gotta, I gotta that's stop right. telling you. You gotta watch what you tell me, man. <laughs> but I knew Jeff wasn't working that night. And I'm like, man, I, I might be able to twist Jeff's arm. But he'd, he'd worked a bunch of games before that. He had another run of games afterwards. And so I was only going to do his a last minute, you know, a, a last ditch effort kind of thing. And the person said to me, oh, man. If I got to work a game with Jeff this year, that would be like the highlight of my season. That was the statement that person made. Mm. And I thought, like, I knew for a fact that if I asked Jeff to do it, first of all, Jeff worked at a Juco game, you know, when he, the night before he'd been on the Big Ten Network, mm. I think, you know. <laughs> I mean, there's a little difference in those two games. But it would have been real easy for Jeff to have said, okay, well, if you absolutely desperately need somebody – I could come work that game. And on that, so on, on a game when he might have been disappointed to have to work, mm -hmm. he could have had a night off. Mm -hmm. Somebody else, the whole reason they would have been excited about working that game was because they would have been working it with him. What, what a, a great reminder for all of us that there are times we fill that role in other people's lives. Well, and we should be, we should really should be going about everything we do not just officiating but probably more so in officiating you know the impact were where we're needed mm -hmm. you know yes i would you know love to have the night off sure but i'm also not gonna let my fellow officials go by themselves either sure you know I, listen if we're going to war let's go to war I, i'm i got your back let's do this as much as I would be love to be sitting home watching Netflix, I'm I'm not gonna let you go to war by yourself. That's the I think that's the way we should really, you know, go through life in general. Mm -hmm. When someone's struggling, we should be there for them. If we know them and we know that they're about to go through a struggle, why not want to be stand behind them and say, "Let's do this together." Someone struggles with addiction. Why wouldn't you want to be there with them? Um, you know, I was telling you a story about my hotel experience last night, and it, you know, got me thinking. 
you know, it was, I'll tell I'll share the story. It's a real short story. Bottom line, two o'clock in the morning, I heard big, aggressive banging on a hotel door. I didn't know if it was my door or someone else's door. I just, it woke me up out of a dead sleep. I was unsure if I really even heard it or did I just dream it? You know, got up, checked the people, didn't hear it anymore. Didn't, didn't, didn't go outside, didn't do anything. So I went back to sleep. Well, this morning I got up going downstairs, getting ready to leave and whatever a guy four or five doors down was coming out of his room at the same time. So we got in the elevator together and he asked me, how'd you sleep? I said, I slept pretty good. I said, there was, you know, I thought I heard some banging on the door and, uh, he goes, yep. Whoever that was, was banging on my door. Some, you know, crazy person was knocking on my door, banging on it, not just knock. And I was like, you know, I thought I heard that. And he says to me, and you didn't come to my rescue. <laughs> you know, you weren't coming to help me. And I thought to myself, you know what? Why wouldn't I do that? You know, what if someone was in danger? And I'm not saying if it didn't escalate, I might have opened sure. the door and done that. But why don't we think like that more often? How can, like I shared last on our last podcast, you know, what can I do to help? Mm-hmm. Here's the here's the problem. There's been an issue. How can I help to to create a plan to get past this issue? So I, I'm going to war. If if you need someone and I'm available. As much as I would, I have a hundred other things I want to do. I'll make a decision whether I, I can go to war with you or not. And the way that you are going to affect others is the attitude that you come into that with. Yep. Because if you come into that game going, "Oh, y'all needed me, and mm. so I bailed you out," mm. yeah. I'd much rather be sitting mm. on the couch eating pizza, watching a movie. Mm. All of a sudden, the other people on that crew are like, "Oh, well, thanks for blessing us with right. your presence." Yeah. If you really need me, then I'm going to show up twenty minutes before the game. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do a pregame, you know, those kind of things. Yeah. What what says something about wanting to affect other people in a positive way is to come into that come into that environment as if it's just as important as being on the Big 10 network mm-hmm. or working on ESPN3 or wherever else somebody might be, understanding that for those officials, for those players, for those fans, for whatever, that game is just as big and just mm-hmm. as important. Mm-hmm as the game the night before or maybe the game the night after. And we're at the point now, whether it's like we said, with those baseball or softball conversations kicking off a season, man, what kind of schedule did you get? What kind of schedule didn't you get, right? Or it's our basketball officials going, what kind of postseason did you get? Or what kind of postseason didn't you get? We we really have you know two sides of the same coin. There's some people that are excited about their postseason. There's some people that are upset about their postseason Mm -hmm. or excited about their upcoming baseball season or they're upset about their upcoming baseball season. There's some people that are ready for the season to be over. Yeah. I mean, I have heard that so many times over the last couple weeks, you know, I'm just ready for it to be over and they're not saying it in a mean way. Uh, They're just, they're, they're at the end of the grind. Yeah. And I want to, I want to reverse just for a second. There are people at the beginning of the basketball season, they were unhappy with their schedule and they were upset about it. But now you talk to them now, they're like, oh, man, my season turned out great. Oh, yeah. You know, because in that that's what we're doing. We're, we're, we're trying. We've talked about it a million times. And I hate to just keep beating a dead horse. But, you know, we're, we're passing judgment on something when it's not time to judge. Mm-hmm. We're passing judgment on a movie that we haven't seen the credits on yet. Let's watch the whole movie. Maybe it'll get better. And, you know, basketball officials the last couple of years have had the experience that baseball officials have every year. Mm. 
Baseball officials know that whatever schedule they start with is not the schedule they're going to end with. Pencil. We need it in pencil, right? You know, <laughs> rain, snow, sleet, hail. I don't know. I'm sure there'll be an earthquake delay somewhere yeah, right, in the yeah. United States this year on a baseball game, and somebody's going to have to get rescheduled, and mm-hmm. they're going to get opportunities they wouldn't have gotten. And then out of that, somebody gets injured. Now, because that person made the most of an opportunity, somebody gets slotted in for four conference weekends mm-hmm. to finish out the season because of how well they did. Um, you know, basketball, COVID created that for many of us. Sure did. Over the last few days, weather travel has made it happen mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of people, and it's it's changed things. So, you know, some people are, they're excited or they're upset. They're ready for this season to be over, or they're upset that the season's going to be over. Jeff was telling a story earlier about, you know, he knew an official that, I mean, would almost break down at the end of every season. Literally would break down. I would spend an hour on the phone with this official, and 20 minutes would be of them just pausing to cry. mm they were so devastated that it was over because they loved it so much. Um, I'm not saying everyone does that. Sure. But it is. It, it is an end of a chapter for all of us. Mm-hmm. How we handle it is different from person to person. Yeah. And, you know, for some of us, we're ready to move on to the next mm-hmm. sport, yeah. next season, next chapter. For some of us, we're upset that we have to move on to the next sport, the next season, the next chapter. And for those of us that work multiple sports, this is something that we we get. Um, next week, I was supposed to work four, four baseball games uh, because of some assignments that have just come in. Uh, I had to give a couple of those back. And so now I'll have a nice little mix of basketball and baseball in the same week. Um, and it's it's very easy for me to, to just say, well, yes, I'm a sports official, mm-hmm. you know, and so this is just what my schedule looks like next week. <laughs> you know, right, my right. schedule last week was one thing. <laughs> my schedule next week is, is something else. Um, it's a little harder if you're somebody who, is coming off of a season where now they're going into nothing where maybe it's uh, Jeff's used the phrase in the past. It's not the off season. It's the training season. Mm -hmm. It's what we're doing to get ready for the next thing. And when you go into that, that's not as exciting as moving into that next season. But I also know other people, they may be a, a college official for basketball and they may be a high school official for baseball or softball or some other sport and they're not real excited about moving into that. They do it because they know there's a need mm-hmm. and games won't get played if officials don't show up. A few extra bucks, right? Yeah, but they're not excited about working that season the way they are the season they're coming out of. So understanding that there's all these wildly different perspectives. I want to ask you a set of questions that come off of your initial question of how are you affecting others? Okay. So let's say you're in a locker room with someone who's excited because they they got some postseason ex- assignments that are are exciting to them. Maybe they're new or it's a new level or it's something, right? What are things that you can do as a fellow official in the room with them to totally take the wind out of their sails? I wasn't expecting you to say that. I, I, know. I already had the answer. I was I ready to spit out this answer. That's not what you said. Well, 
probably the number one thing you can do to take the wind out of their sails is tell them your story. Mm. Right. Oh, well, let me tell you about what I didn't get or what I did get. They're super juiced up about getting their first summit league tournament. And then I come in and go, yeah, I'm working the big 10 and the big 12 too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you just took the wind right out of their sail. Yep. Um, so that is probably the number one thing you can do is start turning the conversation back on what you did. Mm-hmm. And I would say even even the other way, I said, oh, you got the summit, huh? I didn't get anything this year. Mm-hmm. You're going to take the wind right out of their sail because, you know, they want you to have success too. That's right. Um, so I would think that is the number one thing you can do is start talking about yourself mm-hmm. in a way, whether it's good or bad, mm-hmm. it will change their tone. No, I like that a lot. The the next question that I had for you is before we go to the one that I know you're ready to answer. <laughs> all right, that was a loud laugh. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> when when you come into that locker room and you're excited because you you did get an opportunity, right? Or you're upset because you didn't. When do you choose to bring that into the locker room? When do you choose just to leave it out of the discussion? Well, in the past, mm-hmm. I would bring the locker room all the time. Okay. No matter what, I was always bringing the locker room. This year, more than at any other year, I've chosen not to bring it in the locker room at all. I just don't bring it up. Mm-hmm. I just don't. Um, if someone asks me, I'll answer the questions. Sure. Um, I think I, we were talking earlier. You know, there's there's only a small group of people, four or five people, that I actually talk postseason with. And about them and, you know, my close friends on where they're going, things like that. Because I don't want to get sucked into, I can't believe so-and-so is going and I'm not. Mm-hmm. Or I can't believe so-and-so got that tournament. I don't think they're ready for it. It's not my job. It's mm-hmm. It just has nothing to do. With, it, it, that decision was made without any consulting for me. So why should I be concerned about it? Sure. Um and I, and I feel like it just ruined my mindset going in to whatever tournament I had. Oh, I'm working this tournament and so-and-so got the other one. I should have be working the other one. just doesn't make any difference. I, I've been assigned to whatever tournaments I've been assigned, and I'm going to go work them to the best of my ability. So um, so I don't this year, mm-hmm. which I think has is, is made me feel a lot better just about playoffs and postseason in general. It feels good to know that I'm taking care of Jeff Cross, and I feel like I'm I'm not even given. I, I I can't make you feel bad if I'm not speaking about it. Mm-hmm. I can't do any of those things. I start talking about myself. So, you know, as I, in the book I'm reading, you know, don't say stupid stuff, mm-hmm. and it just keeps me from doing it. So, now I may still on times in times say it to myself. I'm wondering if so and so is working that tournament. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, and I'll quickly tell myself, does it make a difference? Mm-hmm. And I'll say, no, it doesn't. And then I have this whole conversation with myself and I win. It always works <laughs> out <laughs> and away we go. So yeah, I don't bring it up at all anymore. Yep. Now you're the official in the room. Person's excited about what they've gotten from postseason. What can you do to help continue that excitement for them? Yeah. It's kind of what I thought you were going to say, but mm-hmm. my first my first thing I want to do, my, my first probably statement or question would be, tell me more. You, if you come into locker rooms, man, I just got to sign the summit. 
league tournament, uh, whatever, and on this day. Are you serious? Tell me more. Mm -hmm. I want you to tell me more and more and more about that so you can keep that that excitement because the excitement will eventually go away. Sure. Especially when a coach is yelling at you or, you know, now your signer's mad because you, you misapplied a rule or whatever that is. So I want you to remember that moment as long as possible. And I want you to put that exciting moment and the conversation with me in the same memory. Mm-hmm. I want it to be in the same good place. So, because when you when you say Jeff Cross, I don't want you to say, "Oh yeah, he's the one who talked about himself." Mm-hmm. He wanted to know more about my postseason. You know, he really was. You know, wanted to know those things. So, I want to be connected to the good side of the memory, not the bad side of the memory. So that would be my number one thing. I would say, "Tell me more. Tell me more." Tell. And then I'd probably say something along the lines, is there anything I can do to help with that? Mm. You know, I've been to that tournament, so how can I help mm-hmm. in in any logisticals, situations, you know, whatever it might be? And let let them have the conversation again. You know, well, I don't think there's anything I need to do right now. Okay, you know, I always say, if that changes, you just let me know. Mm-hmm. I'm good if you don't need anything right now. But if it changes, you let me know. I think that's a, a couple of really great things, Jeff. Uh, the first one that, that I heard that stuck out to me is this idea of wanting to attach positively to a memory. Mm-hmm. Um, I will tell you, I've experienced that on both sides. I've had people that have responded poorly to something that was important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we say that everything gets magnified in the postseason. Right. Mistakes get magnified mm. in the postseason. Great games get magnified in the postseason, mm. all that kind of stuff. So when you have something negative that's attached to the postseason, part of the reason that it's magnified is just because it's a high pressure, high moment game. You said before, pressure is a privilege. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So yep. so with that, within that pressure, it's magnified. The other reason that it's magnified is there's not a lot of time to wipe the slate clean when it's done. Mm. I mean, think about it. If if you have that conversation with somebody during your last regular season game before they go work their one postseason game that they've got and you leave a negative taste in their mouth from that conversation, it's that game and then they've got a whole off-season training season mm-hmm. to sit and stew over it. Mm-hmm. And every time they think about it, it's getting popped back up yeah. in their mind. So mm-hmm. that's that's one reason why it's it's really difficult, I think. But when when we attach positive positively to those memories, it gives us the opportunity to affect them more in the future. When, when you ask that initial question, how are you affecting others, mm-hmm. right? Well, if I want to continue to affect somebody positively, I need to be I need to be looking for those opportunities to attach to positive memories. Mm-hmm. I find it really funny. Um, I traveled, I traveled down to St. Louis two or three times over the last couple of weeks to work games down there. And for those of you that don't know, for me, if I'm going over to the Missouri side, it's a it's a five hour trip for me to go make a game. And a couple of times, I I was traveling from other places where it made a whole lot more sense just to go straight down to St. Louis rather than travel back home. And uh, 
for me, that's a decision because the the amount of money that I make on my game checks hmm. is not what some people do. And so, if I'm paying for a hotel room in the middle of that, I'm I'm giving up a big chunk of my of my game check to do it. But I was saving a little bit of just you know. <laughs> wear a tear on the body and the yeah. car and everything else. Quality I'm, rest, right? Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. just I'm just going to go there and get this done. And one of the things that I did is I traveled through a place that I used to live. And I specifically decided to travel through there at lunchtime. Because there's a place that I love to eat when I go through that town. I want you to know it's not the greatest restaurant in the world. Mm. It's not. Mm-hmm. Like if, if, if you were going to give it stars, you know, <laughs> it would not even get a one star rating most places. But for me, it gets five star rating because it has all these memories attached, mm-hmm. all the conversations that I had with people, all the things that I remember being there just from that time in my life. It was a, it was a great one. I think most of us that are, that are listening to this, you've got places like that. Mm-hmm in your life, right? Where it's like, yeah, if I'm going through there, I want to stop there or whatever. And so you understand, it's not about how great the place was. It's about everything that was attached to it. Mm-hmm. I may never be the greatest official. I may never be the greatest mentor or teacher or whatever. But every time that I get to attach myself positively to a memory, now gives me a greater opportunity to make an impact going into the future because now that person is going to remember the last positive interaction. And just like that restaurant that maybe isn't the greatest that I keep coming back to, maybe that official comes back to me mm-hmm. because they know they're going to get something that's going to affect them positively when they come back and have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's real truth to that. I think we're 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 missing a chance to have an effect on others by not celebrating with celebrating with them and understanding that you know Chad Ozy Jeff Cross may not necessarily be an A plus official but they all everything they've done or everything they do to try and attach to the good things that is that's what people want to be around that people want to be around other people that make them feel good. Mm-hmm. Even if they feel bad, they still want to be around that. So, and I think I've said before in a podcast, you know, that when that phone rings and, and certain names come across, I answer. I want to answer because I know on the end, they're end of that phone, one, either they're a close friend or family, right? Or I'm going to have a good feeling when I get done talking mm-hmm. to them. And that's what we should be doing. Absolutely. The other thing that, that gets brought up from this is sometimes we feel like we can only speak positively or have a positive effect when we're helping somebody with an experience we've already had. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's a a concept in the leadership world called leading from the second chair. And that, that concept has to do with if you're not the person that's making primary decisions, how do you help lead up? Right. How, how do you help lead your leader mm-hmm. in a better direction when when they're the one that ultimately is responsible for leading? And so, Jeff, let, let, let's just say Jeff gets the opportunity to to go work a conference tournament this year at the Division One level. I've I've never worked a conference tournament at the Division One level. 
people would say, Chad, what could you possibly have to offer Jeff if he gets that opportunity? I think I have a ton to offer Jeff if he gets that opportunity. My, I'm not going to be able to say, well, hey, when, when you go to that game – you know, at this arena, well, I've been to that arena a bunch. You need to say hi to Nick, who's mm-hmm. the guy that checks you in when you walk into the table. And they mm-hmm. got this really great hospitality room down the hallway. Or, yeah. you know, I can't give him any of that kind of information. Mm-hmm. But what I can give him is I can give him support and encouragement. And I can be genuinely thrilled for him that he's getting the opportunity. And the reason I think that's important is because we are going to have people around us this time of year, whether I don't care what the sport is, if we're at the beginning of the season, if we're at the end of the season, we're going to have people that are going to get opportunities that we either haven't gotten or that we're not getting this year. We've never had those experiences or maybe we've had them in the past, but we're not getting them this year. And sometimes those people are the ones that have the chance to have the greatest impact on somebody else. Because if if I'm working the Big Ten tournament and Jeff gets the Horizon tournament, real easy for me to be excited for Jeff. Because, you know, it's just... Big Ten's better than Horizon. That's right. <laughs> it's, it's a bigger check. It's mm-hmm. a bigger stage. It's mm-hmm. a whatever, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But if... I'm working the horizon and Jeff gets the big 10 and I'm thrilled for Jeff. It's what it says is I am more thrilled for my friend than I'm upset for myself. All right. Question for you. Yep. How do you be through? How, how do you show that, you know, what is something that you can do to be thrilled for someone besides saying, Hey, yeah, I'm really thrilled for you. Right. Well, you know what? We, we say that, but I think that's one of the biggest things we can do is our immediate reaction many times is going to truly tell the tale. Um, young official, Jeff and I both know, is getting the opportunity to work a Division Two conference tournament this year. Uh, we happened to be in a, a conversation, all three of us, when I found out that news. And the very first thing that came out of my mouth was, congratulations, that's amazing and the reason for that is because it's amazing i mean Mm -hmm. this is a young official who has worked his butt off and i bet there are 20 officials out there saying well i've been doing it longer than he has Mm -hmm. i should have had that Mm -hmm. there's probably 30 officials out there going well do you really think he's ready Mm -hmm. sure you know they're doing all that kind of they're they're doing everything and the reason they're doing it is because he's getting an opportunity that they want Mm-hmm. Would I love to have the opportunity that he's getting someday? Sure, I would. Absolutely. But just because there's something I want doesn't mean that I have to be jealous of somebody else that gets it. Mm-hmm. And so we need to be genuinely thrilled and we need to genuinely express it. We need we need to verbally say it and we need to say it in a way that isn't just a, oh, yeah, congratulations. Congratulations. Good luck with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it needs to be something that's genuine. And, and that's different for different people based on their personality. And, and I've talked about this in previous podcasts or at least in camps. You know, I think we need to find ways to say things with different words mm-hmm. so it's not the same, right? Like I talk about let's not own our 
primary. Let's dominate our primary. Mm-hmm. So phrases that come to mind, like if that same situation, yes, I am thrilled. You know, I would use a phrase like well-deserved. Mm-hmm. This, this assignment does not surprise me at all. Mm-hmm. You know, this achievement does not surprise me. Um, I, I would expect this. You know, these are the things like, you know, those things, even though you're saying, you're not saying I'm thrilled for you, but it is putting it back on them that what I'm seeing you achieve is very much um, in line with the way everyone else is seeing you. So I think those words help too, the words of affirmation, I guess. Absolutely. And, you know, when we talk about using sports officiating as a lens for life, mm-hmm. you know, mm. I mean, these are these are concepts that can be entered into every single aspect of our life. Mm-hmm. When the person at work gets the promotion that we wanted, how how do we respond? Mm-hmm. You know, I could be mad and I could be vengeful and I could begrudge them and all that. But what happens in three years when they become my boss? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Am I attached to them in a positive memory mm-hmm. that makes them want to pull me along with them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or am I the person that then made it hard for them to come into work the next week? Mm-hmm. And now it's more difficult for me as I go forward with our families, um, you know, with our friends. I mean, these these are things. It's not just about the sports world. When you ask the question, how are you affecting others? You were asking that question initially about how are we affecting each other in the hmm. locker room? Mm-hmm. But we can ask that question every moment of every day. You know, I, I went into the school today and uh, there was right away, because, you know, I, we're trying to get the baseball roster together, right? And, the you know, I'm looking at the names on it. And there's a few kids that, you know, maybe are thinking about playing, not playing, whatever it is. So I was trying to get to the bottom of that. And then, but I'm talking to some of the adults, you know, some of the teachers and administration of the school, and they're talking about, well, you know, two or three of these kids are, you know, always having problem with grades. And they were just basically, I know they were probably venting, but they were complaining, oh, well, you know, they're not going to have the grades done. And I stopped them. I said, listen, if, if they're struggling with their grades, then we need to come up with a plan that's going to set them up for success so they can have passing grades. Mm-hmm. Not just sit back and go, oh, yeah, they're going to be ineligible, you know, mm-hmm. but wouldn't count on them. Well, let's, let's, let's figure out a plan. So I said, okay, let's, who are these people? Two kids, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, okay, so I grabbed those two kids and I pulled them out of class and I said, okay, all right, they were at lunch. So I understand you're having a problem with math. Yeah, I'm really struggling with math. I'm, I'm working on it, whatever. I said, I get it. I, I understand it. So let's let's just, let's let's get a plan together. Right now, our plan is forget your bologna sandwich at lunch. Take your math homework. Go sit in the math teacher's right next to him and get your math homework done. Mm-hmm. If you have any questions, you can ask the math teacher. That's the plan right now, and let's see if that works. If that doesn't work, we'll disguise. We'll we'll devise another plan. Mm-hmm. That's how we need to handle situations and problems. But what ends up happening is we go, yeah, there they go again. You know, forget grades. Forget. Let's just say we got a teacher that always shows up late. Well, let's find out why are they late. Let let's let's get a plan together to help them get there early. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, I heard, I've heard it said before. So championship athletes that play, you know, we'll just say football, right? 16 games a year. And they never miss a game for injury. And you wonder how they do it. Well, instead of just going, oh, well, they're, they're freaks of nature. Let's just do what they're doing. Mm-hmm. What are they doing? They're showing up to the, to the workout at 6.30 in the morning, getting a 6.30 workout in when no one else is. Well, maybe that's got something to do with it. We don't know what they're doing, but they're there. Mm-hmm. They're taking ice baths. You know, we don't understand what it does, but that's what they're doing, and they're not getting injured. So we, they're, they're getting a plan together to have success instead of just sitting back in our chairs and complaining that so-and-so, if I got a kid who annoyed at the baseball, well, I got I to get a plan together to help him hit the baseball better. Mm-hmm. That's what I got to do. Not go, well, you're no good. On the bench, you know, I can't do that. So, no, that's, that's what we need to do with officials. If we got someone that is complaining about it, it, if I was truly invested in, let's just say Chad Ozzy, and Chad Ozzy comes to me and says, "I'm really frustrated that I'm just not getting any playoff games. Mm-hmm. I need to help you get a plan together." to have a great training season to put you in a position to have success for that goal. That's what I need to do. Instead of going, eh, I talked to Chad Ozzy again, and he's still mad and he don't get postseason. Right? Mm-hmm. What? Okay. And even if I can't put the plan together or help you put that plan together, I can at least ask the question, all right, Chad, so what's your plan? Yeah. What's your plan in the offseason for that to happen, to, to reach that that goal? I absolutely agree. And I also think this has to carry on beyond the season. Mm -hmm. If the only time you are interacting with and connecting with other officials is during the time of that sport, that's a very selfish relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. And we wouldn't typically think of it that way, right? Well, no, 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 I'm pouring into the people and I'm doing things like that. Well, no, what we're saying is, is that this relationship is convenient during this season. Mm-hmm. Now, you may not have the same amount of interaction with sure. them, you know, but if you know things about them, then there needs to be ways to continue to connect outside of that particular season of life. Mm-hmm. You know, I find it really interesting. You had your big 30th celebration. That made me smile. (laughs) Right? And during that time of celebration, you had people who couldn't be there Mm -hmm. because they're basketball officials. Sure, right. Mm -hmm. And we were all working games Mm -hmm. all over the place, Mm -hmm. right? You knew that. That was a big part. Those people still want to celebrate with you. Still wants to, so some of them did it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Some of them sent a text. Mm-hmm. Some of them sent a card. Some of them called you on the phone. Some of them wrote a Facebook comment mm-hmm. or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. That's somebody that is connected even though they couldn't be there right in that moment. Mm-hmm. There are things happening in people's lives all throughout the year. If you're working basketball with somebody this weekend who in two weeks is going to be on a college baseball field. You know how amazing it would be 
two weeks from now for them to get a phone call from you just saying, hey, I, I know you I know you transitioned over to baseball. How's your baseball season yeah, How do legs feel? Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, that could mean the world to them. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's somebody that's moving into the training season, mm-hmm. hey, how's, how's your preps coming for camp this summer? What things are you doing? What goals are you making? What directions are you going? Mm-hmm. Because those little things are what help keep us motivated. I got a call uh, just last week from a, uh, a a baseball umpire, and he he shot me a text. He said, "Hey, just finished my first baseball games of the season. Have a rules question. Do you have a second for a phone call?" Absolutely. We had the rules question answered within the first. 60 seconds of the phone call. Sure. Right. But we talked for 15, 20 minutes and it was just great to connect and all. But one of the things that was interesting is that this is someone who had been connecting with me during the basketball season. He works high school basketball, actually went and watched a game that Jeff worked uh, down at Indiana state um, has been connected with us. And so he called. And so when I saw his name pop up, I immediately wanted to call him right back, mm-hmm. just like you said a minute ago, and not even know what it was. Mm-hmm. Rule question, whatever, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Boom! I because there was an investment. He'd invested in me, mm-hmm. you know, and had the opportunity back. Now it was my opportunity to to get to give back a little bit, and it also got me really fired up about baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, because here I am still still hanging on to whatever basketball games I can work. Right, right. You know, but it was a reminder. Yeah, you know, I I am a rules guy when it comes to baseball. Mm-hmm. I, I do know my stuff, and, and I enjoy getting to be that for other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when we talk about how we are going to affect others, I think a huge thing that we can do, each and every one of us, if we want to be uncommon, is find a way to encourage someone else in their next season, doesn't matter what it's. Maybe their next season is postseason that you didn't get. Mm. Man, find a way to encourage them. Shoot them a text. Give them a call. Say, hey, saw you work on TV. Whatever it might be, do that. Maybe it's somebody that's moving into another sport at whatever level and find a way to encourage them. Maybe it's somebody that's they're in their off season. They're in their training season. And how can you help them? How can you be an encouragement to them? Because when you do that, just like you said earlier, we're going to attach ourselves to positive memories. Mm. It's going to build those bonds. And then when we end up back on the court or back on the field the next time, it's much, much stronger mm-hmm. and, and a greater team to do the work we're called to do. Yeah. You know, um, I, I want to circle back to that conversation we had the, through a conversation, you know, and, and Chad was very, you know, enthusiastic and he was... Um, uh, you know, very gracious in, in congratulating uh, this gentleman. And uh, he, he sent me a text just a few minutes before we started the podcast and he had got another good assignment. So oh, awesome. yeah, things are going great for him. But um, uh, I remember this conversation and I, I'm, I'm going to go towards me a little bit. And I was talking about the book, you know, it takes mm-hmm. what it takes. And I said, I feel like, a, you know, I'm a, I'm a book Nazi. And Chad kind of laughed. And he goes, you know, a book Nazi. I think was, was that during that conversation? It, it may be. Yeah. I've slept since then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, you know, Chad had said, you know, it's funny that he thinks that I think that I might be a book Nazi because now I read one book and I also want to talk about a book. 
you know, where he said, you know, other people read 200 books in a year and don't tell anybody about them. That's right. You know, and I guess my point is we, we, we are all learning every day in some way, shape or form. We are doing a disservice to our friends and families and people close to us, whether it be in, in friendships or in our profession by not sharing some of those, some of that knowledge. Oh, absolutely. And that, that was the key thing to, to me when you mentioned that is that, you know, I know people that read books like crazy, mm. but they never tell anybody, they, they take all that information in, yeah. but they never share it with anybody else. Mm -hmm. And here Jeff found a thing that was really, really impactful to him. And he's been sharing it with anybody that listened to him. Truth. <laughs> which, which one of those things is more valuable? You know, is it more valuable for 300 people to learn one thing or for one person to learn 200 things? Yeah, right. You know, and I, I, I really appreciated that about that. Yeah. And I, I think you're right. I think there are just so many times that, that we don't help affect others positively. Yeah, I, I, and I, I'm going to go back to the beginning of the podcast. We all have a story. We're so afraid that someone might laugh at us or think our story is not impactful or whatever that might be. So we're afraid to share it. And when mm -hmm. we're afraid to share it, we keep it to ourselves. And if I've learned something from a book and I think a book, a book is impactful to me, I want to share it, mm -hmm. you know, and, it, and it's, it's interesting. Everyone I've shared it with, I don't, I can't think of anyone who says, yeah, you don't need to send it to me. No one said that. They, they may take it and never read it. That's mm -hmm. fine. But at least I've shared the information with them. And then however they want to handle that information is up to them. No different than a play. Mm -hmm. If I send someone a play and they just want to, yeah, you don't, I'm not going to look at it, then that's fine. I guess that's up to them. But so share, share your story. I think that would, you know, I know it's how are you affecting others? Mm -hmm. I think one of the ways we can affect others is share your story. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Well, folks, thanks so much for being with us for yet another episode. We know it was just a little bit longer between episodes uh, mm. this time around with uh, with Jeff's 30th uh, anniversary celebration yeah. and the specifically the weather. The weather last week really uh, hurt us. Uh, we have a, a, an interview that we were going to record mm. for you last week. Uh, that we were not able to do because that official ended up getting stranded over in Western Illinois. Mm -hmm. And if you know anything about that part of <laughs> Illinois, you can't get there from here. They don't have and the internet. Here is nothing. anywhere. That's yeah. right. Uh, they use smoke signals <laughs> to get communication back and forth. No, uh, we're, we're looking forward to having that official on very soon and getting that rescheduled. We actually have uh, several interviews that are getting ready to, to be heading your way. And we're excited about uh, getting to hear from those people and how they can positively uh, affect us as they share their stories with us as well. Have a great week. Make an impact on others. Find a way to encourage someone in their next season and be uncommon in your drive to success. See y'all. Have a good week. Thanks for listening to the Uncommon Drive podcast. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to leave us a five-star rating.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.